Here's now a special presentation by Utah Man Podcast for fans by fans. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron, and I don't have Ryan and Scott with me. I'm by myself. I know a lot of people have been reaching out, um, wanting more episodes from us. And, you know, at times it, it, it's hard to kind of get all three of us together with our careers, with family, um, and really, you know, what's kind of going on in the sports world. It's kind of hard to get all of us together to get a show planned. And so I've kind of had this idea for a while now uh, to start doing what I'm calling right now mini episodes. Uh, they're not going to be terribly long. I'm, and really, I think it will, you know, it will vary. It will be me. It might be me and Scott. It might be me and Ryan. It might be Ryan or Scott by themselves. Um, really, I think the the purpose behind these mini episodes is just trying to 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 get more content and engage more with our listeners. Because um, honestly, the support over the past six years that we've been doing this um, has meant everything to us. And it kind of, you know, helps, keeps us going, um, keep, keeps the show going. So really thank you to everyone uh, for all the support that you've given us over the years. And really, I, I hope that, you know, this idea I have right now of these mini episodes, um, you know, carry carry out. Well, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll kind of see what the future holds on how we do these and and on what they are but i got some cool ideas on what we can do uh moving forward uh, but we'll see so with the pac-12 announcing to going to conference games only in the football season of 2020 i thought it was a great opportunity to kind of kick off these mini episodes so that's what i'm going to be talking about today uh we'll kind of go through how it's impacting utah kind of the pros the cons of utah and the conference as a whole and then we also we're going to talk to our legal counsel of the podcast. Roger's been on the show a couple times when there's been legal issues with, with players, kind of giving the background about that. Um, and on today's show, we're, I'm really going to talk to him about the contract uh, that Utah has, uh, mainly with BYU, and, and how they're going to be able to cancel these games legally, just because there's been a lot of misinformation out there, uh, especially on social media about you know, Utah having to buy out BYU for canceling the game and how can the Pac-12 continue to have games when it's when they feel it's not safe to have out-of-conference games. So we'll get into that to, with Roger. But before, before we bring him on, I really just want to go the background of what's going on and, and kind of my thoughts. As I'm sure everyone's heard of the Pac-12, all the teams are going to be playing conference games only. Uh, for the fall sports, it includes football, right? So Utah's dropping BYU, Montana State, and Wyoming. Obviously, with BYU, it, it's great to be in-state school year after year. Dropping Montana State, you know, I, I'm not big on playing FCS schools to begin with, but I, I see benefits of it, right? It kind of gets your starters more rest during the season, especially at the beginning, uh, so they can really gear up. Uh, for conference play, but most importantly, it gets your twos and your threes a lot of game reps. It gets them up to game speed. For a lot of the guys that have never taken a snap at Division One football, it, it's a great environment to kind of break them in into what college football is all about. Dropping the game going to Laramie, I think, is a blessing in disguise. 
I mean, I, I get, I get why Utah did it, right? Financially, it makes sense for them to do home and homes with G5s. I, I get it, but I don't like it. And, and, and honestly, Utah not going to Laramie is actually, I, th- I think, a good thing. So, so as we look at this, you know, what are some pros and cons of why the Pac-12 conference would do this? Pros, obviously, it gives the conference way more flexibility. If they have less games and more weeks to play, it allows them to move games around. If there's a reason to have to move a game because a team has too many too many kids that are infected with the virus, this allows the Pac-12 to do that. And I think, honestly, the, the main reason, I think the most important reason why, is this gives the Pac-12 complete control of their testing environment for all their games. The NCAA doesn't really have that much power. The NCAA can't come out and mandate certain testing for all of college football. They, it just doesn't work like that. It's up to each individual conference to determine what testing requirements there's going to be, what safety precautions that there has to be. So it really gives the Pac-12 much more control of how these games uh, are played at a safe level. It also gives them more control on game day operations, on practices. If you have inter- inter-conference games, now, conferences could have different requirements depending on their testing. Now, I'm sure a lot of them are, are going to be very similar. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a kind of a standard level that everyone's going to go by. But but I think it's going to be different. I think each, each, each conference is going to have a little bit different tweak. And so overall, I think that's kind of the biggest reason. I've seen the arguments that, you know, going from a bus from Provo to Salt Lake is no more dangerous than a flight from Salt Lake to Pullman. I I get that in a sense, but not really. When Utah plays their conference games, it's going to be a lot more controlled environments. The teams are going to be testing at the same same level of requirements. Now, obviously, there's going to be some cons to this, right? And I think it's going to be different for every team in the league. If you look at a team like Oregon, in a way, I think it kind of hurts them more than it hurts Utah because Oregon had some high-profile games. They had Ohio State, and obviously, you know, that got canceled because of the Big Ten move. I think it hurts teams like Oregon more uh, than Utah because of their out-of-conference play. And it's really going to be interesting to see how people really look at the Pac-12 this season, right? Because that's the, that's the biggest thing against the Pac-12 is they don't have any marquee wins at a conference. So I think that narrative... We'll we'll see what happens, and maybe that doesn't matter because there's not a playoffs, there's not bowl games, and heck, who even knows if we have a football season, right? But I I like this approach because it's at least working towards something. I'd rather have them take these simple steps, but still be able to play a season. Yes, we're gonna lose games. It's a big a big con on this as a Utah fan. It we're losing three games. Three times, three less times we get to see the Utes this season. So I'm not a big fan of that. However, if it's lose three games to have a season, I'm all on board. So those are my initial thoughts. i love to hear what you have to say. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. 
And before we bring Roger on to kind of talk about the contract uh, of how all this logistically and legally works, I'll take a quick break and we'll be right at it. All righty, joining me on the phone now is our in-house legal counsel for the podcast, Roger. Roger, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to kind of jump on and talk about some contracts. Oh, glad to do it. Glad to do it. Go Utes, by the way. <laughs> of course, of course. Go Utes. Whenever we can. <laughs> Whenever and however we can. So obviously we have a, a copy of the contract, mainly focusing between the, the Utah and BYU contract. Obviously there's contracts with Montana State and Wyoming. You'd assume they're similar, if not identical. Exactly. And as we kind of dive into this, you know, we, for you listeners, we've posted the contracts on our website at utahmanpodcast.com. We'll do it again with, with this show. I'll, I'll have a link to the contract in there so you can read uh, what's in there on your own. For this interview in the in this podcast we're not going to go through and read it word for word but but roger i do have you know a, a lot of questions for you and especially some that I've, we're kind of seeing a lot on, on social media and obviously there's a, a clause in the contract that allows either university um, to cancel games or delay games um, due to uncontrollable forces that um, things that they call out acts of god acts of nature and then also calls out any governing regulatory body which include athletic conferences, is this the kind of the the backbone, the foundation that Utah is able to get out of these out of conference games? Yeah, I think for sure that's right. Um, well, and I now there can be a reasonable disagreement. People could reasonably disagree about um, you know whether it was a good idea or bad idea to cancel the games, and and why is it more dangerous to players to or fans for that matter to you know, to play a conference game and not a non-conference game. But that all being said, it, it's not as if the University of Utah acted maliciously or, um, you know, singled out these games. And um, it, it just seems to me that while there could be a dispute, I mean, it obviously is a dispute, there could be people who could reasonably take positions on both sides. And um, my feeling is that is that this contract um, likely, probably, um, insulates and protects the U against any financial obligation to any of the non-conference schools that with the games are being canceled. You know, there's a, a legal principle in contract law, which is uh, just called impossibility of performance. And, and you can't take that too far. In other words, if, if you borrowed money from a bank and you lost your job and it's impossible for me to pay the loan back, I should get out of it. No. That's not what we mean by impossibility of performance. It's when there's intervening events beyond the conduct of the parties. And uh, and my point in sharing that with you, Cameron, is that it um, uh, is that this kind of provision in a contract is not unusual. It's not foreign to courts or to the law. That um, whether or not that provision was even in the contract, I think the better legal argument is that the U could not be held to a um, reach a contract claim probably because there's there's just a it, there's a legal impossibility of performance they cannot do it it's not a decision that the university made it's not a function of their mismanagement or anything else it's um, in the um, uh, you know the pandemic is in the in a legal sense it's an act of God and so um, uh, I think that even aside from the contract it, it, the problem the most likely um, resolution in the event of a lawsuit or you know, that sort of thing would be that the um, schools that are canceling because they're 
conference is mandating it, I think they're going to get off the hook just on a simple uh, impossibility of performance analysis. But then overarching that, you have the contract, which seems to, I mean, I think a fair reading of it is that um, the, the, the very thing, the unforeseen um, act of God um, intervening by a regulatory, the, you know, the PAC-12, that sort of thing. I, I just think that the better analysis, the most likely analysis, is that uh, uh, the university will be um, off the hook. More interesting claim would be these schools could bring an action against the conference, and uh, it wouldn't be premised on specific terms of this contract because they're not a party to it. It would be um, uh, the, the interference in, in a contract and that sort of thing. Again, I, I don't. When I say I like, I would be predicting I like the legal argument that either the U or the Pac-12 would have, and I, I think it's just you know all kinds of societal, economic, cultural costs. Uh, devastating to the economy. There's all kinds of things that we're suffering as a country as a result of the pandemic, and and this is just one of them. And it's it's no one's particular fault. We can reasonably disagree on on what's the best course of action. What should we do? What event should we cancel? What should we do for you know social distancing requirements? We could all have our own opinions about that. But I I think that uh, uh, the disappointed parties, the BYU's, Wyoming's, and others of the world. I just don't see it likely that they would prevail in a legal cause of action. Too long of an answer. I apologize, Kim. No, that, that, you know, I think that's a lot of great information. You know, I don't have a legal degree. I mean, that's why we have you kind of help us out on the podcast whenever we can, uh, both with with things that happen with the university and things that happen with us internally on the on the show. But I, I think that was an interesting point you brought up that that teams could have a legal action against the conference. I, I think that that's a, a, an interesting tidbit that I don't think um, has been thrown out there at all or, or people have talked about. You know, uh, And one thing that is in the contract, that is in this provision that you know a lot of teams, especially down in Utah County, are throwing out is that there is a, a requirement to provide notice um, of delay or cancellation. In your legal opinion, what... What is the definition of that? Is because is, it says when they have to provide written notice for cancellation immediately. It is because a lot of them, a lot of a lot of people are saying, well, it's too close to the season. BYU can't reschedule these games, so they won't be able to use this clause in a legal sense. Kind of what's a time frame on when notice has to be given? I think that analysis is wrong because I think what it means is as soon as they know. In other words, if the Pac-12 whispered in the university's ears and said we're canceling it. And they and then they use satellite information and didn't convey it. That would absolutely be a problem um, in terms of, of providing some exposure, uh, you know, to the U. But I think I mean it's not like it was kept secret the moment the U knew the Y knew because you know people in the media, people like you, you were know, speculating on it for some period of time. I like it this way. If it's not it's, analytically to me, it's not much different if there's an earthquake and the stadium was. Um, you know, destroyed or um, or some other safety thing that you know occurred. Um, you know, fires or or a pandemic that we have here now. I mean, it, as soon as the university um, was notified that it's canceled, the wine room. So I just don't think that delay in notice is a meaningful argument. I I just don't. I don't think that provides exposure um, to the you know to the. The other thing is, I mean, it cuts both ways. Whatever the ESPN revenue or this or that. I mean, it's not like the U's back here, you know, rubbing its hands together going, yay, yay, we, you know, we stuck it to these um, non-conference schools. I mean, they lose the 
the revenue. They lose the ticket sales, the TV revenues, and all that stuff, too. It's not like they chose to do it. And uh, so I don't know. I, I just think, um, you know, people need to be a little bit more reflective about it, I guess I would say, that that um, it's it, – sure. Did, um, can you disagree the Pac-12 shouldn't have made the decision? Sure. I mean, that's if that's how you feel, and, you know, that's okay. But every disappointment in life doesn't give a viable legal claim. And, uh, and again, I readily admit that as analysis go another way, it wouldn't surprise me if lawsuits were filed. But I, in terms of saying I like the legal arguments that either the schools directly, the University of Utah in this case, or Pac-12, if they're brought in as a party, um, I, I like their legal arguments more. And I think they are much more likely to prevail. The problem is it, it's really hard even to negotiate a settlement even because um, how do you settle with the why and not Wyoming? I mean, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and I just don't see the Pac-12 writing checks out. It'd be hard to negotiate any one. I mean, it's, it'd be such a big number and there'd be so many injured parties. It's just, it's just finan- it's not financially feasible. Sometimes the cost of litigation is greater than the cost of buying your way out of it, throw some money at it. But, you know, Cameron, the problem here is there's no easy settlement. There's no compromise. You can't, um, if, you know, they, this would involve dozens and dozens of games around the country, you know, and and uh, I just don't see that either a university or a conference is going to be interested at all in throwing money at the claims. I think they're, they're very, very unlikely to settle it. And, uh, and, I, and I think they would feel strong enough in terms of their legal position that defend any lawsuit if one was brought. That would be my best guess. In some disputes, you can just see a settlement coming, a compromise. You know, there's a million-dollar damage claim if it were willfully, if there was an actual breach of contract and the argument, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, let's settle it for half a million instead. I just don't see that happening in this case because um, the number would just be huge in terms of all the non conference games the power five conferences you know were canceling i just think that number is so big that uh, uh and the likelihood of really winning a court is strong enough that uh um, you know let me have to play out and see what people do but and and see how courts rule but i, I just think it's unlikely that the disappointed parties are going to find their way through the courts and i think it's also unlikely that they're going to get money thrown at it through some kind of compromise or settlement i Cameron, I just don't see that happening. And, and so you bring up, yeah, the, they probably couldn't win a, a lawsuit for a breach of contract. Um, and, and maybe, you know, my, my last question for you, because, uh, again, this one's kind of gaining traction um, online. Outside of the contract being broken, and, and with BYU, Utah has a million-dollar buyout, outside of just breaking that buyout, could teams like BYU or even a team like Montana State that needs these games to really sustain your entire athletic department, could they seek any damages against the U um, or or the Pac-12? Well, that's a great question. You know, at one level, I want to say this to you. We, you know, I over I, um, you said you don't have a law, uh, you know, degree. Problem is, mine's an old one. I've been out of school for decades and decades and decades now, but the. Um, uh, you know, we all seen so many frivolous lawsuits. When someone asked me a question, you know, could the, could a lawsuit be filed? Well, the answer is yes. It's not going to. It would not be hard to find an attorney that would be, you know, willing to find it to file a case. It wouldn't be hard to find people who would be angry enough to be willing to fund it. So 
I mean, I, I, I certainly don't want to, 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 to project to any of your listeners that no, um, a lawsuit's not going to be filed. In fact, I would guess that probably one would be filed, and if not, uh, you know, by, um, if not by um, colleges that are disappointed because of the cancellation, or maybe, you know, fans on their behalf or just whatever. You know, the, I, I could, uh, in fact, I would predict that almost certainly there'll be some kind of litigation filed from this. But I just think that the, the much stronger position um, is that they're unlikely to succeed in court. I, I just don't see this being any kind of willful, malicious kind of decision. These are public health and public safety decisions and, you know, right or wrong. Um, I just don't think it's the kind of thing that, that courts are going to be overly eager to punish someone for making a public health um, decision. I, I just, I just think both the, the, you know, common law rules of contract enforcement as well as the terms of these contracts. Um, I guess what they're really asking is, what about a tort claim? If you can't get a contract claim, um, you know, could there be a tort claim against the Pac-12, for instance? I guess it'd be characterized as tortious, tortious interference with the contract, and the Pac-12 is a third party that that caused the U to breach the contract. It's a tort of interfering with the contract. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there's enough to it. That you could, you know, you'll get past a motion to dismiss probably, and it's probably justiciable. It's probably, you know, capable of being litigated to the courts. But, you know, my crystal ball looking at it, Cameron, would be that I think they lose on those. I, I just don't think, um, you know, again, I just don't think um, that, that those claims are ultimately going to be uh, validated to the court. I think most you could say it was an unwise decision. Well, okay, well, it was their decision to make. And, and, uh, uh, you know, again, there's all kinds of economic and social consequences of the pandemic. And and, uh, and this is just one of those. And you know what? It's a game. And the next year, we'll see you then. It just seems to me that's a much healthier and appropriate response than, than trying to, you know. The other thing is I would really caution against someone blowing this thing up over it. How willing is a Power 5 team going to be? Um, to reschedule a game with with the school that filed a lawsuit against them, and um, for like a BYU who wants to get in a Power Five conference, I would assume they want to. Um, you, you know, really, how's that going to work? File a lawsuit against them and accuse them of all kinds of nefarious conduct and cost them um, hundreds of thousands to defend a lawsuit, and then ask the next year to join the conference. I, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I think it, it, taking a deep breath and a bigger view of life. I think these schools just need to do the best they can. They need to reschedule with uh, other teams and and uh, you know and, and do what they can and just realize that yes, will there be a disappointment? Certainly, will there be an economic loss? Absolutely. But you know what? That happens in virtually all aspects of life and economy and culture uh, when we have this kind of natural disaster. So interesting how it plays out, though. I, I presume there will be shrill, angry voices that end up with with uh, angry lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there there always is. There's always 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 those 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 nut jobs out there, <laughs> right? Roger. And, and probably the legal claims are good enough that I don't think they'll be just summarily dismissed. That's because that'll be a pain in the butt for you know for colleges and, and it'll be a pain in the butt for the conference and that sort of thing. So I don't think they'll go away easily, but I think they will go away. And I think the loss is ultimately. Perfect, Roger. Hey, buddy, thanks so much. 
you know, again, are taking you, time out of, out of your busy schedule just to hurry, jump on about a contract. But I really appreciate uh, your time and your insight in all this. But, hey, thanks for you to, for our community and, and for your podcast. It's so much fun. And for you younger fans, us older ones, it's just it's fun to have the the forum to listen to people that know about sports. And, and I don't. It's just fun to learn and to talk about these things and listen to you guys. So thanks for your really fun uh, podcast. And uh, best wishes to you guys. And uh, uh, whenever and however, go Utes. <laughs> go Utes. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. We really appreciate Roger jumping on and, and always giving us, you know, that legal expertise. Because honestly, I a, a lot of this stuff has been going around social media. It's been it's been driving me nuts because I'm like, no, it it can't be like that. Uh, so it, it's great to kind of get that uh, legal perspective on on how you know the use protected on all of this and and what can happen if you know what we talked about if universities or if some fans that our attorneys or get an attorney that just wants, you know, kind of get in the public eye, file these lawsuits. Really interesting to kind of hear it from that. Uh, so that will do it for this, for our first ever mini episode. Um, again, you know, I think moving in the future, uh, hopefully to do, to do these and, and, and kind of have fun with them and, and, and different spins on each one. Uh, you can follow, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Utah man podcast. You can go to our home, utahmanpodcast.com. As I said, we'll have the contract up there so you can read it for yourself and be sure to subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, anywhere you listen to a podcast. We are there and go Utes. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.